illustrations is about the man who worked in a factory. One of his main jobs was to blow the factory whistle at 5 o'clock in the evening to indicate that the workday was over. He walked to work each day and passed a jewelry store where a beautiful grandfather clock was displayed there in the window. Every morning he stopped and set his pocket watch to the time on the grandfather clock. One morning the store owner was out front sweeping the sidewalk and the factory worker asked him how he kept such accurate time on the grandfather clock. The jeweler said, oh, I said it every afternoon when the factory whistle blows at 5 o'clock. You know, a lot of people today live by the clock. Because time is important to all of us, isn't it? Benjamin Franklin once said, do not squander time, for it is the stuff life is made of. As we complete this series that we have called Family in Danger today, let's review just for a few moments and see what we've talked about so far in the month of July. The first week, if you remember, we talked about marriage and the importance about marriage. The second week, we talked about how well we communicate with our family and friends. And last week, we talked about what we should be giving to our children and our grandchildren. And if you've missed any one of these you, and you want to hear them, you can always go to the website that we have for the church and you can hear them because Zach and Aaron put them on there every week. And so to conclude this series, I want us to talk about the importance of, of spending time with our families. Again, I need to do my disclosure. Because I am not the one who has all of this together, as my wife will agree. I am still learning this. And so everything that is said today, it also comes to me just like every other Sunday. But here's what I see often and I hear from people today. People seem to always fight the clock. They stay up late and they sleep as late as they can and they rush frantically to school and to work, gulping down unhealthy breakfast in the car while applying their makeup or using the razor as they drive while they talk on their cell phones all at the same time. And if you drive around, you see that and many other things as people are driving Many people today think that they are so busy they have to rush around everywhere they're going. They work 60 plus hours a week and complain that they don't have enough time to worship God and to spend time with their family. But you know, as I studied Jesus' life, I am amazed that he never seemed to be in hurry. Although he was doing the most important job in history, and although he only had a few years to do it, he never was in a hurry. Even though there were some who thought that he should be in a hurry. For he made time to consider the flower and the birds of the air. He took time to put his hands on the little children and bless them. Time was his friend. The Bible gives us some great insights in how time can be our friend rather than our enemy. We can see as we read in the Bible that God exists in a realm that is not bound by time or space. God doesn't wear a Fitbit watch to keep track of his comings and his goings. He also doesn't even wear a Timex. 
And don't you know that God doesn't even have a cell phone or a calendar to keep all of his appointments in order? For he is the creator of times. And he is greater than time. So the first step in making time for our friend is totally set to, to saturate ourselves in him. But if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Psalm 90, if you will. Psalm 90. And it's going to be up on the screen as well. Psalm 90. <laughs> Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. The length of our days is 70 years or 80, and we have the strength, yet this, their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What a wonderful psalm that is, and I know I skipped around on a couple of verses there. But this morning I want to use four letters in the word time to help us learn about the importance of family time. T is for treasure. God says in Psalm 39 that we should treasure time as something that is valuable. We tend to number our years, but God says every day is precious. We should treasure each of them and number them. How valuable is an hour. Ask the businessman whose flight was delayed an hour and missed an important business deal. How valuable is one minute? Ask the man who had a heart attack at the restaurant and an EMT happened to be sitting at that booth and administered CPR that saved his life. How valuable is a second? Ask the person who hesitated for a second before swerving to avoid that oncoming car. How valuable is a fraction of a second? Ask that Olympic swimmer who missed qualifying by six tenths of a second. Time really is valuable. So this morning, if you're like me, then we must learn a couple of things about what this means for us and our families. The most valuable asset to share with our families is our time. Parents, do you love your children? Grandparents, do you love your grandchildren? Great-grandparents, do you love your great-great-grandchildren? If you answered yes to those questions, then let's give them the gift of our time. But unfortunately today, many parents, many grandparents spell love, T-H-I-N-G-S. But children spell love, T-I-M-E. Husbands, do you love your wives? Then give them your time. Wives, do you love your husbands? Then give them your time. A few weeks ago, I asked on Facebook, please share with me some habits you think that make families strong. I had 27 comments, and in all of the 27 comments, they referred to the importance of spending time with the family. 
Someone once said, Dads, your wife and your kids want you, not your money. <coughs> can, can we honestly say this morning that we can remember all the things that our dads ever bought us? Probably not. But I would guess that we can remember the times that your dad would spend valuable times with you. We who are parents, we need to give the one gift to our children, no matter what their age is. The gift that really does keep on giving. We must give them our time. Husbands and wives, we must give each other our time. It's the perfect gift, a gift for every occasion. I recently reread the heartbreaking story of a little boy whose dad was always busy working. Maybe you've heard it before, too. One day the boy asked, Dad, how much money do you make an hour? The dad said, I don't know. I guess I make $50 an hour when I'm working. Now don't bother me. Go off and play. After a couple of weeks of doing odd jobs around his neighborhood, the boy approached his dad one evening and said, Dad, here's $25. Can I buy 30 minutes of your time so we can play together? Second, we can always make more money but we can't make more time. In 1748, Benjamin Franklin wrote, Time is money. In an essay titled to Advice to the Young Tradesmen. But I want to say this morning that this saying is not true. Time is much more valuable than money. It may be hard to make more money, but it can be done. But it is totally impossible to make more time. Time is more valuable than money. <laughs> A.W. Tozer once wrote, time is a resource that is non-renewable and non-transferable. You cannot store it up, slow it up, hold it up, divide it up, or give it up. You can't hoard it up or save it for a rainy day. When it's lost, it's unrecoverable. When you kill time, remember that it has no resurrection. So we must understand that we must treasure Time as the most valuable asset we are given in this world. The next letter in the word time is the letter I. I is invest. We can't save time, we only invest it. Time is more valuable than money, but, it all, but it's also like money in that it can be spent and invested. It's different from money though because while money can't be, can be saved, time cannot. If you don't use it, you will lose it. In the mid-1970s, Jim Croce wrote a song to his unborn son, which he never met. He wrote, if I could save time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is to save it every day till eternity passes away, just to spend them with you. There are great words, and it would be nice if we could save time, but we can't. In fact, a few months after he wrote this song, he was tragically killed in a plane crash in Louisiana at the age of 30. We can't save time in a bottle or anywhere else either. Today, though, we have all kinds of time-saving appliances like a microwave oven in our kitchens, a DVR in our living rooms, electric ice cream mixers at Larry and Chris's house. And many more appliances to help us. 
And I've noticed this one thing, that most guys love to take shortcuts in order to save time. Because we don't want to read the instructions. We just want to go to that issue at hand and get that thing put together. But the question is, where is that time that was saved? Where is it? We can't save it. We can only spend it and invest it. At a graduation commencement, the late Billy Graham once said, time is the capital that God has given us to invest. People are the stocks in which we are to invest our time. Whether they are blue chips or penny stocks or even junk bonds. The difference with money and time is we all have different amount of money. But we all today have exactly the same amount of time. Every day God gives each of us 86,400 seconds. It's as if God has given each of us $86,400 and tells us we need to spend it all in one day and any money left over has to be given back. What would you do with $86,400? You'd probably shop until you could shop no more. Or maybe you'd invest it wisely because there is no promise of more money tomorrow. It's the same with time. You and I aren't promised a fresh supply of time tomorrow, so we must invest time wisely while we have it today. Where are you this morning investing most of your time? For where we invest our time reveals what is most important to us. There are 168 golden hours in a week. The average person will spend about 56 of those hours sleeping, about 24 of those hours in eating and personal hygiene, and about 50 of those hours working or traveling to work. That means there are about 35 hours a week of discretionary time left over. That's about five hours a day. Where are we investing those hours? If I was to follow each and every one of you around and observe you for those five hours for about ten days, I could tell you what the most important thing is in your life. And you can do the same thing for me if you follow me around. We might not like it or agree with it, but maybe for some of us, surfing the World Wide Web is pretty important. For others, it might be watching television, or reading a book, or gardening, or whatever is most important to us. But how much of that 35 hours of discretionary time are we devoting to God? How much are we devoting to our family? A study of 15 homes, the University of Michigan found mothers working outside the home spend an average of 11 minutes a day on weekdays and 30 minutes a day on weekends with their children, not including mealtime. Fathers spend an average of 8 minutes a day on weekdays and 14 minutes a day on weekends in different activities with their children. I wonder if you've heard this or even said this yourself. I know I have. I don't spend much time with my family, but the little time I do spend is quality time. Say it. Never heard it. 
Quality time is a misleading term because all the time has the same quality. Consider this second in time. Was it of higher quality than the previous second? Or what about the second right now? For there is no substitute for investing a large quality of time with our family. If our families are important, we will indicate it on how important they are by the time, amount of time we give them. Try to move your feet if you're getting toe step on today. So next letter in, our, in family time is M. Manage. Psalm 16 says, You, Lord, are all I have, and you give me all I need. My future is in your hands. How wonderful are your gifts to me. Everything you and I have comes from God. Everything includes our homes, our jobs, the food that we eat, but it also includes the money that we have. It all comes from God. And because he loves us so much, he allows us to manage our money, our jobs, the food that we have. And the same can be true of time. God is the creator of time and he alone controls it. A time management expert was teaching a seminar for executives and maybe you've heard this one too before. He placed a large clear open mouth jar in front of the group. Next he put eight large rocks into the jar until it was full. He asked, is the jar full? Everyone nodded yes. Then he took pebbles and filled up the jar with small rocks until it reached the rim. He asked again, is the jar full? No one responded. So he poured fine sand into the jar and asked again, is the jar full? One person said yes. He proceeded to take a pitcher of water and fill the jar up again. He asked, what's the lesson about time management? Hands begin to go up all over the room, and everyone agreed, no matter how busy we are, we can always fit more things into our schedule. He said, you're wrong. The lesson is, unless you put the big rocks in first, they will never fit in. We must figure out what the big rocks are for our lives today. So what are the big rocks in your life. Giving time to God. Giving time to your marriage and your children and your grandchildren. Learning how to communicate with one another better. For if we don't put those big rocks in first, someone else, someone else, something else is going to fill up our jars. For we must understand this morning every moment that we have is a gift from God that we must manage it wisely. There's an entire field today called time management. It's almost every big business in America today. Consultants are hired to teach busy executives how to better manage their time. I remember being at Nazarene Bible College in one of our classes. The number one question from new students as they came in every semester was this. How do you manage your time between your family and church? You do. 
in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey writes, time management is a misleading concept. You can't really manage time. You can't delay it, speed it up, save it or lose it. No matter what you do, time keeps moving forward at the same rate. The challenge is not to manage time, but to manage ourselves. Paul writes over in Ephesians chapter 5, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Emmett Smith was a great running back for the Dallas Cowboys in his time. But he wasn't the biggest, he wasn't the fastest, he wasn't even the strongest running back in the National Football League. But what he excelled at was running with his eyes wide open. And today he is still considered one of the best at seeing holes as they opened up and then running through them on that football field. Families, church, that's exactly the way we should live. Looking for every opportunity to invest time wisely with our eyes wide open. For when an opportunity passes us by, it cannot be reclaimed. It is gone forever. That's why it says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. For if we don't manage our time, someone else is going to do it for us. We can't save time or even waste time. And we are going to spend it somewhere and invest it in someone. If we don't control our schedules, someone is always waiting to do it for us. Some people complain that they don't have enough time to spend with their family. But remember, we all have the exact same amount of time as everyone else. 168 hours, 86,400 seconds. But maybe... Just maybe we're not managing our time as wisely as we can. In 1974, Harry Chapman's song, The Cats in the Cradle, was the number one song. Maybe you heard that song and maybe it's going over in your mind now. But here's how the song actually came to be. Harry Chapman's wife, Sandy, actually wrote the words of this song after their son Josh was born. It became a self-fulfilling prophecy in the Chapman home. For when their son was seven, Harry was performing 200 concerts a year. And Sandy asked him one day, when are you going to take some time to be with Josh? Harry promised to make some time at the end of the summer tour. But again, Harry never made it. That summer he was killed in an automobile accident. Part of the song says, my child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way. But there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. He was talking before I knew it, and as he grew, he said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know, I'm going to be just like you. My son turned 10 the other day. He said, thanks for the ball. Now, come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I've got a lot to do. He said, that's okay. And he walked away and he smiled and said, you know, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be just like you. And the final verse of this song says, I've long since retired and my son's moved away. 
I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I can find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle and the kids have the flu, but it's sure nice talking to you. It's real been nice talking to you. And as, as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, he'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. The final letter in the word of time is E, for enjoy. The time that we spend with our family should be enjoyable. It should be the best time of our lives. But there's a couple of ways to enjoy our family even more. We must say no to those family time problems that are out there. For there will always be something else to do. There will always be somewhere else we can be. But if we are going to make spending time with our family a priority, we're going to have to learn the power of that little two-letter word. No. For we need to understand that when we say yes to family time, then we've already said no to everything else. But many of us today, me included, we allow interruptions and other demands to take away from family time. A thousand years from now, what's going to be most important? Spending time with our family or spending lots of hours at our jobs? I have never read or never heard anybody say on their deathbed, I wish I had spent more time at work. <laughs> Several years ago, King Griffey Jr. was invited to the Players' Choice Awards, where he was going to be the awarded player of the decade. And that's a big deal to athletes. And that year, he was going to beat out players like Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. But when he found out when the award was going to be given, he declined to attend. He said, I have something more important to do. His five-year-old son, Trey, was playing his first t-ball game. And Ken said, I wasn't going to miss a thing. Who this morning needs to learn to say no to some of the things that take away from our family time? Here's another reason to work on enjoying our family time. Our family time is short, so make some happy memories. We all know that our children and our grandchildren are only going to be with us for a few years. So we need to make the most of it. I think we can all agree today that when we look back at those past years with our children, they have passed so quickly. It seems like yesterday our children were just about to start school, and now our babies are going to be graduating sooner starting a new grade. I never thought I'd have grandchildren. And now they're about to start school again. Psalm 90 says, God is from everlasting to everlasting. Even if we get to live 80 years, that's just a snap of a finger compared to God's eternity. James writes in James chapter 4, What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Turn to the person next to you and say to them these words, please. You don't have very long to live. Time die. is running out. We better live for God and live for our families. 
Let's drink it up while we can. We don't have very long to live. Time is running out. We better live for God and live for our families. Amen. We need to treasure our family times. We need to invest in them wisely. We need to manage our time as a gift from God. We need to enjoy our family time. The question we must answer today is, are we living for this time? Or are we living for eternity? In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the whole chapter is about time. It says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to born and a time to die. And it goes on and on. But the most important verse, I think, is verse 11. It says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. God has placed eternity in your heart. And in my heart today. In other words, we have the ability to know that there is an eternity. That, that, that this life is not all there is. And we need to invest time in our families. But understand today though, the best thing we can do with our time is to invest in eternity with Jesus. Psalms 90 verse 12 says, teach us. To number our days. That means right. There is a right way to number our days. And a wrong way to number our days. If you live to be 70. That means you have about 25,000 days. On this earth. When we are born. We start numbering them. Day one. Day two. Day three. Day four. And so on. But God numbers them differently. And so should we. When we're born. He numbers them 25,000. 24,999. 24,998. The thing is, we don't ever know when the countdown is going to be at any moment. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. For when we get to zero, we expect something's going to happen. But it's not the end. It's not the end, church. It's only the beginning. For when the countdown gets to the end, what's going to happen? We're running out of time. Have you invested time today? Have you invested time this week in getting to know the creator of this world? Lewis Jones wrote these words as he was working at the YMCA in 1901. I've anchored in Jesus. The storms of life all bring. I've anchored in Jesus. I fear no wind or wave. I've anchored in Jesus, for he hath power to save. I've anchored in the rock of ages. Where is our lives anchored at this morning? Is it anchored in the one who created time and who is not bound by time? Or is, is our lives anchored in the things of this world? The busyness of the world and the things that are taking our attention away from Jesus. If we are not 100% anchored this morning in Jesus, then today's the day. Today is the day. Today is the perfect time to anchor ourselves to Him. Today is the perfect time. 
to begin to invest to our families, to have a time with our families. Would you stand this morning? Quietness at this point, God. May I be the first to confess to you this morning that I need to spend more time with my family and not let the things take family time away. Lord, forgive me for letting things take away family time. Help me to invest more. Help me to spend more time with them. Help me to say no to things and yes to my family. When my family needs me, Lord. And they want to spend time with me. I need to take advantage of that. And Lord, each one of us, I'm sure, has at one time or another have allowed things of this world to take time away from our And Lord, maybe today you're speaking to someone to say, call your family member. Write them a note. Whatever you are speaking today, Lord, I pray that we would be obedient. Lord, more important than spending time with family is making sure that we're anchored in you. So, Lord, help us, everyone who is here this morning, renew, refresh, revive their relationship with you today. For we know we are not perfect. But we serve a perfect God. And we strive every day to be like you. Lord, help us today to get one more step closer to you. For one of these days, you are going to call us home. And it begins a new life. It begins a new life somewhere. For the believer who is anchored in you, it begins in heaven. But if not, the new life begins in hell. And nobody wants that. Nobody here this morning wants that. <laughs> so Lord, I pray today that we get anchored today. 
birthday. May we be obedient to your voice. May we be obedient to what you have asked us to do, what you have asked us to be. For we are a lighthouse. Wherever we go, we are a lighthouse for Jesus. And people are looking at us in the way we talk, the way we act, the way we react. And Lord, I just ask that you would shine brightly through each one of us. And in the days to come, Lord, may you shine through us. Lord, when you shine through us, we want to give you all the praise and all the glory. For it's not about us. It's about you. And what you do through us. What you've done for us. Lord, I ask a blessing upon your people today. That you would bless their comings and their goings. Their sitting when they sit and when they rise. I ask that you would bless them with protection and strength and your great love. In the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. And we ask it. And everybody said, Amen.